Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, my name is Ali Vigneault, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, it's Derek Graham. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 It's the Press Row Show, and ladies and gentlemen, we were so close. So, so close to this not being a very positive and or upbeat post-game show but here we are Flyers have leveled the series at one game apiece and welcome into the press row show presented by snow the goalie the only flyers podcast people's podcast players podcast prognosticators podcast the playoff podcast also the pronger cast briar cast canoogle cast you know the hitchcock cast all of them we got a lot to get into and the flyers pulled this one off in overtime and before we get into the fact that young phil myers once again, flashing that offensive potential, having another solid game. Let's get to the play that led to overtime before we get anywhere. Yep. It's something that you and I were going back and forth about, uh, and we actually thought that there was a chance that the Flyers go on to lose this game. You were going to go over and do the press conference, which we typically I- would do, but let's get into what happened at the end of regulation, and then we'll get to you know the the jubilation that is an overtime winner. Well, I was de- I'm still debating about going over and doing <laughs> the doing the press conference because I really want to know I it, after they reviewed the the uh, the goal the tying the Islanders tying goal for offside the cameras are and I'm I'm watching I'm like yeah he looks offside okay this is going to be overturned yep and then it was a quick review like the referees come back fast so almost like it was an like they oh no big deal we saw that that was that was an easy one mm-hmm. and they called a good goal and you could see they show the bench and both JVR and um AV are on the bench saying, did you look at the wrong, did you look at the right play? They're like, are you, did you look at the wrong play? Like, what? You, and you could see them asking this question. And at first I'm thinking, okay, well, whatever. Uh, you know, we don't know 100% which play was asked to be reviewed. We assume yep. it was the entry. You would assume um, it would be the right play? Well, we assume that that's what they asked for, the entry, okay? Mm-hmm. Because that's what NBC showed us on TV. So we assume that's what was being reviewed. Um, the, the play that kept the puck in at the net was, uh, at the blue line was also close. Um, I did have one, uh, person send me a, a thing on Twitter. It said, look, it, it was his skate is outside the line, but there was really no visual evidence that would have confirmed that the puck had come out uh, on the clearing attempt mm-hmm. by Sanheim that kicked back in to send the pa- Pajot for the uh, game time goal. So if they reviewed that, 
then I can see why they would have had such a quick come, you know, oh, now it's stole. It's a good goal. Yeah. Now, who knows what they reviewed? We really don't know. We got to find out and we'll, we'll, you know, hopefully get something here before the uh, uh, before too long. Um, and I'm monitoring Twitter while while we're doing this. Um, but the thing of it is that AV sticks around at the end of the third period. He tells his assistant coach that he, and you could see him talking to them, saying, I need to talk to the referee. He's waving him over. The TV then cuts away. So I'm assuming AV wants to ask the referee what happened because I don't think he ever got an explanation afterwards. Um, and now he's ta- according to every go. Jordan Hall just says uh, AV on the failed challenge, totally my responsibility, bad call on my part. Wow. So I guess he's taking taking that out. So who who knows which one he challenged? I, I, it doesn't really say. Um, uh, I did see – I mean, it's a touch-up offside play, right? Mm-hmm. And I did see Martin Biron, former Flyers goalie and former Islanders goalie, for that matter, mm-hmm. um, tweet out a side-by-side where he's explaining that, yes, the player – it's because it's a touch-up offside that uh, the Barzell's waiting – it's not Barzell. I forget who got the assist on the play. Uh, uh, whoever is waiting with the with the puck – not touching it, waiting for his teammate to get back to the blue line and then touches it. So, it's, yeah. but I, but I also thought he kind of carried it in. So, you know, it's it's real to me. I, it should have been a much longer review than it was. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it, it you know it doesn't matter. It got to overtime, yep. and the Flyers won the game. So we're not having an, a forty year anniversary of Leon Stickle come back to haunt the Flyers against the Islanders well, in the playoffs. And it's funny because that one that came up in one of the comments here. So you're joining us on Twitter. You're joining us on Facebook, of course, at Anson Philly, at Joanne Broad, at Snow the Goalie, uh, Facebook.com slash Snow the Goalie, Facebook.com slash Crossing Broad, at Crossing Broad on Twitter. All right, let's get into some of the questions, comments, and concerns. Trevor Harris says, someone play knock-knock. Joe Cush says, Myers is a stud in the making. Dave, uh, yeah, well, I mean, let, let's talk about the goal um, because yes. I'll be honest with you. It, 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 look, Myers, all the credit, man, gets the shot, gets it through, yep. right? I mean, there's it's so hard to get shots through against the Islanders. So big-time credit to Phil Myers. Great goal. But I'll tell you, the play of the top line before his goal, mm-hmm. getting the eventually getting the puck back to him at the point yep. for the shot, that shift was phenomenal. And all three guys – Couturier, Voracek, Giroux were sensational in that overtime in that shift in the overtime. I thought yep. that they all had a really good game overall. They were great in the first period. Yep. They were decent in the second and third, and then of course the shift in overtime. But uh, I'll tell you, man, that shot. And I put a tweet out about this for for those of you who remember 1995. I know it's 25 years ago, um, but it was very similar to an overtime game-winning goal by Carl Dykhouse from the point against Buffalo where he shot the puck, it hit a, it was a mild deflection, it bounced off the ice and then up over the goalie, and that time was Dominic Hasek over the, I think it was Hasek, over the goalie uh, and into the net. It was kind of a, an unorthodox goal, but hey, you know what? You take it however you can get it. The series is tied 1-1. That's a huge win for the Flyers. I'm trying to clip up one of our goals. Uh, the I need the playoff goal. I'm trying to clip that up for uh, for social as you're talking there. And uh, let's get to this one. this one. David Mako says, "Wow, that was unreal. From devastation to elation to celebration. You know, you, you missed a part in there. You missed the elation of the 3-0 start that they blew 
and the fact that they looked like what's the best way to put it? They stopped skating. I mean, that's going a little bit too far, but they no. certainly I think they let off the throttle a bit there when they um, took a 3-0 lead. I, I think the second period was not a great period, but it was I don't think it was a a terrible period. I mean, you know, the the goal that the Islanders score is a power play goal. Um, and it comes off of a you know a goofy penalty, which I I always hate. You know, the flip the puck out of the out of the rink, and it's a penalty. I don't like that as a penalty in, in general, because most mostly because ninety percent of the time it is completely accidental. I mean, nobody's purposely trying to fire the puck out of uh, over the glass, right, to, to delay the game. So I'm I'm okay with that. Um, the the second goal, I think Carter probably should have had. Uh, I think it was it wasn't a great play um, on the play, but I, I by the team in front of him. But I think that's a that's a goal he should stop. And then of course we talked about the third goal. But I, Hart was other than that second goal to me was the best player for the Flyers today. I think that he saved them a lot early in the first, very early in the first period, and then much of the way through the second period. I thought Carter Hart was the best player for the Flyers, which is you know real. Uh... Real praise coming from you, considering that you've gone out of your way to make sure that people don't give Carter Harker. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to the next one. So BJ, BJ Beretta, our old pal, points out the uh, the ghost of good old Leon. And uh, you said, you know, at least they managed to avoid it, right? Yeah, well, you know, maybe this is this is kind of, you know, putting that demon away forever. Ooh. Right? Maybe it's kind of like, you know... Um, yeah, the the stolen base by Dave Roberts for the Red Sox to kind of mm-hmm. get them game four against the Yankees that yep. created that great comeback, and then of course they roll to their first World Series. That that stolen base puts away the the ghost of you know, the Babe Ruth, the curse of Babe Ruth, curse of the Bambino. Um, maybe this kind of puts that away. You know that mm-hmm. the Leon Stickle play um, that should have been a should have led to a third Flyers Stanley Cup. Um, doesn't happen, and now maybe that's that's gone, and the Flyers can get on the run that they need to get on. Uh, let's go to the next one. Chris G says Flyers looked exhausted or looked exhausted standing still in the third, standing still in the third. Uh, they didn't look great, and it felt like I think it was about seven or so minutes, six minutes left. It just looked like they were trying to mitigate any damage, and it was at that point it was just kind of like survive and and try to to hang on to that lead. They didn't do anything that really inspired a whole lot of confidence at that point, but it ended up working out for them. So what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Like, what, what can you say? I mean, we could, we could sit here and be really critical of their play down the stretch and that it, it wasn't great, that it wasn't excellent, that there were certainly things that this team, you know, needs to execute better going forward. If, if they're going to, you know, continue to, to be a, a real threat in this series, but you take the win. Sometimes you have to, you know, you get out to a great start. You sit back a bit. New York is a really resilient team. You have a, an absolutely crushing end to regulation. I still like still the play looked offside. And then you would, you get to overtime and you, you walk out, you skate out the winner. And so, you know, you can, you can kind of run the gamut of emotions here, but the fact is they come back and they win a, a game and, you know, I'm trying to think who I just saw. Somebody tweeted out. Uh, let me see if I can find it. It was uh, Charlie O'Connor tweeted. I know that probably terrified every Flyers fan alive, but man, I missed Flyers overtime playoff hockey. What a rush it is. I agree. I mean, you know, you, you and I talked about it late in the Montreal series. It finally felt like playoff hockey. This game, for better or worse, 
was playoff hockey. <laughs> yes, it was. And the Flyers managed to come back in it. So, okay. Yeah. Anthony, uh, Anthony Le- uh, Lemonia. I always screw up his last name. I'm sorry, Anthony. Says, why no explanation to AV? It baffles the mind. You know, I'll say this. about the NHL referees do this all the time, right? They make a call, and then the coach wants an explanation, and they never get it. Or the captain wants an explanation, and they don't get it. They don't get it mm-hmm. till the end of the period, or they don't get it till later, um, whatever the case might be. And it's just a... It's just a thing, you know, with uh, referees. I don't know why, but it it happens, and it doesn't just happen to the Flyers. It happens to every team. It happens throughout the league, and it's happened that way for years. I just, I don't, it's one of those, like, unwritten rules that we all complain about, right, in sports. It's an unwritten rule that the referees don't feel that they need to explain what they saw on video to the coaches. Which is insanity. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm trying to think what it's called in the NBA. It's like the last two minute report or something like that that the the refs do, and they go back and they um, they analyze their calls down the stretch. It doesn't really do much except make fans feel even worse or teams feel even worse if they were right about the call being wrong on the court. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Would you feel any better if the NHL did anything like that? No. No. <laughs> All right, Trevor Harris on Facebook says, uh, why don't the refs have access to all the cameras when they do the reviews? Um, I think that they do. I think that, uh, so uh, I'm not certain that we had access to all the cameras. Um, I think that NBC gave us what they could give us within this. I mean, again, it it was over and reviewed in a matter of, Two minutes? I mean, it was a fast review. That's a big play in a game, too. You know what I'm saying? It was a fast review. So we may not have seen every angle. Maybe they had an angle that was better than anything we saw. And, and may, you know, maybe Marty Biron nailed it. Maybe he had it exactly on. Um, so who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll really have to get a, a legit explanation. I think at some point somebody will have it. But, man, yeah, in the moment, <laughs> that's crazy to me. I try not to scream especially in the house. The kids are all awake for this one, but I screamed at the end of regulation. I was, I was one of the more upsetting moments. Uh, let's go to the next one. Bill Gumby over on Facebook says, do you think the winner of the series will emerge from tomorrow's game as two very tired teams compete? Uh, I, well, I thought tonight was the bigger game for the flyers in all honesty. Um, I, I really did. I think if you get down two nothing, and it would have been even worse if they blew the three nothing lead, lose four three to go get down, down two nothing. Okay, yeah. but if you get down two nothing against this Islanders team with the way that they play, beating them four out of five is very very hard to do. Yeah. So you know, is tomorrow important? Yes, obviously you want to take a two one lead in the series, but I don't necessarily think it guarantees that whoever wins the game tomorrow will win the series. I think that. I think that today's game was far more important as far as dictating, you know, which direction the series will go than tomorrow's game will be. You know, the thing that I think is going to be problematic is this is the perfect example of of a good start to a game. And you kind of wonder what tomorrow is going to look like. You you try not to be short sighted, but you, you kind of have to think like the Flyers came out hot in this one. Are you going to see a super motivated Islanders team tomorrow you would expect so and so I guess part of it is going to be how do you mitigate the damage that that they're going to inflict early and maybe you're able to take care you're you're able to take that raw emotion and use it against the Islanders tomorrow but if you're able to win tomorrow think of how the narrative around the series changes going from that game one 
that a lot of people, I still think, misunderstood what really happened. They looked at the score line and they said, okay, Flyers got blown out. And that wasn't the case. And you and I talked about it, that the second, third periods of game one, they, they for the most part, outchanced, had more high danger chances than the Islanders. They, they just didn't finish it off. They didn't finish off their, their opportunities. You know, I, again, this is going to be a close series. And in a seven game series, you're going to, you're obviously going to lose games. And it's always funny to me when people are like, oh, this game, this is going to go six or seven. You lose the first game. It's like, well, it's all over. Well, no, you have to lose a game. You have to lose multiple games in order for it to get to six or seven, right? So, right, right. I don't know. It always drives me a little bit nuts. Okay. Aaron Frank over on Twitter says, how are we feeling about AV uh, changes from game one? Um, well, I'm not surprised. I know you were a little bit surprised about the Lawton one. Yeah, we'll get into um, that. But uh, I'm not. The one thing about I'll tell you about Elaine Vigneault is, is he's he has no problem moving a guy down the lineup if they're not playing well, taking a guy out of the lineup if they're not playing well. And I think that his decisions really worked. I, you know, I thought JVR had a solid game uh, when he was on the ice, even cre- almost created a chance for Myers. Uh, it was Myers that hit the, the pipe, right, in the third period to almost put it yeah. away earlier than that. Um, yeah, that was was. A, he hit. Did he hit the crossbar? It hit the it no, ran, hit off it, the goalie and then hit the hit the pipe. I'm not sure. Okay. Might hit that joint where they okay. meet, right? Um, but I, I like I thought that that was a really uh, nice play by JVR. And as far as Robert Haig, I mean, he didn't do anything to really stand out other than I think he a um, couple of block shots, especially there when the Islanders were really pressuring um, late in the game. I, you know, other than that, I, nothing really stood out, good or bad, really for for him. No. Um, and so that's probably means that he played well. Uh, in the sense that, whereas Gostas Bear, you see the mistakes, you see the turnovers, you see when he puts his partner in a bad spot. Yep. So, you know, I, I'll say, Aaron, I think that they were really good moves by AV. Yep. Uh, let's keep going. By the way, Anthony, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but uh, there are a lot of people checking in here between yeah. Facebook and Twitter. It's weird because I saw somebody today lament or chastise the fan base for not checking in. After, After a game. A game. Yeah, yeah. Really strange. It's weird Who? what happens. Who? 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 Yeah. Who? Sean Enke says, uh, too fast of a review, but it's behind us now. Lee Carrasso says, it looked offside entering the zone. Mm-hmm. T asks, why are Philly sports such a roller coaster? Why do they do this to us? <laughs> Nothing can ever be well, easy. I'll, I'll say this, though, T. The most memorable seasons that our sports teams give us has a lot of this. Right. The most if you go back and look at the most memorable seasons that our teams put together, no matter what sport it is, their their playoffs always have a lot of these roller coaster moments. And I think that that's what makes it so much more enjoyable. And and when you get when you have time to reflect on it and look back at it, it's that much better when when these things are part of the experience. I mean, if the games were just flat out boring and it's a winner or lose, whatever. But I mean, for the for for us to be able to have all this all this drama and excitement all wrapped into one game for to talk about. We'll be talking about this game and this moment and these things for years to come. We'll, we'll remember this, you know, for forever. Yep. Justin Kent says, Oh yes. <laughs> Justin Park says, uh, how much will being, I swear I can't read anymore. How much will being the road team impact matchups in game three? I know that's a, it, it sounds funny to say that. How much will being the road team, road team impact matchups in game three? Well, I'll, I'll be more interested well on the road. So I, I will be more interested to see 
what um, Barry Trotz does than I am to see what AV does because we know how AV has been trying to match up these lines and everybody's complaining and saying, Hey, Elaine Vigneault should not be playing his fourth line against uh, you know, the Barzal line. Uh, it's not a good matchup. It's not a good matchup. I'm going to see, will Barry Trotz continue to, when AV puts that line out, put his top line against them or will he try and get his top line against another line? I'm going to tell you that he's going to try and get Barzal against the Grant line hmm. and away from the Thompson line. That's what I think he's going to do. I, I just I just have a feeling about that. Um, and that would be an indicator to should be an indicator to everybody that there's something about the way that that fourth line plays against that top line that the Flyers like and the Islanders don't like. So I don't know if you noticed or not. There was like a late in the game. Nate Thompson blocked a shot. Do you know what would have happened if Nate Thompson hadn't been in the lineup? <laughs> that shot wouldn't have gotten blocked. Do you know why? Because it would have been down a man on the ice. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Chris Houck says, well said, Ant, in the review. I think AV should have uh, should think about Braun's effectiveness in game one and two. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, Braun hasn't been great, but uh, who are you putting in place of him? Yeah. I mean, we've seen, we've seen what's happened with Gostas Bear. He's hit or miss. He's either really good, like he was in game six against the Canadians, or he's really bad, like he was in game one against the Islanders. So you you can't have it both ways. And you, I, I don't think you can run that, flip that coin, and hope that it comes up heads, right? Well, maybe you get it to come up, uh, whatever the difference between, uh, how about edge? And the edge can be Friedman. Nah, I, I don't think you throw a kid into this you first just playoff wait. game in the middle of this well, unless, I, unless, if there's, sure, unless there's an injury, I don't see sure Morgan Frost is going to uh, suit up next game. So <laughs> I don't mean that. Lee Carrasso says, win is a win. Nice goal by Myers. Yep. Thomas Dixon. By the way, I, I made I made that comment in just about Morgan Frost. But I did. I did see uh, a few people after the last game say and even in like I thought like after 24 hours, that was going to kind of die off. And then I saw multiple people say. Well, the season the series is over anyway, so you may as well get a look at some of the younger guys in this play, like get them playoff minutes. Just let that sink in, like even after twenty four hours to let everything marinate. I, I can't. That I, I let's don't move know. on to the the good comments we get. Okay. Let's go. Thomas Dixon says, uh, "I seen the still frame. It looked like inconclusive offside, but not a no offside." Yeah. yeah. I, I see what he's saying there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris over on Facebook and Chris, I need to know if it's fried or freed. Cause I've been saying freed like Friedman, but maybe it's fried. Like, I think it's freed like fried thing. Like Max freed from the Braves spelled the same way. Yeah. I, I don't recognize that. Cause that's baseball and I'm already asleep. Uh, when in advance is the name of the game when it comes to the playoffs after two games. However, I don't see how the Flyers can take this series against the Isles. Maybe sacrificing a live chicken or a bucket of Colonel's original can even things out. No, I, I, I want to say something. I love Chris. Chris is one of our, our big followers. He he's uh, he's the guy that that got was going to get us to speak at the Drexel University before the pandemic hit. Um, and Chris, he's a very close personal friend of of ours. Yeah, and Chris uh, sends me messages on uh, on Facebook Messenger he's all the, the time. He's the godfather to your children. Talking about the Flyers, and and I get it. And it's but he's he does tend to be the guy who's like, oh, I can't see this happening. Oh, this is not going to happen. He did it with the Montreal series, and I promised him. I said they're going to come through. They're going to pull through. I'm not going to now, Chris. I'm not going to predict 
I, well, I did predict already that they would win this series in seven, but I'm not going to sit here and guarantee that they're going to win the series. But I'm telling you that they're going to be in this series. It's going to be a long series. Uh, I still think they're going to win it. Uh, I won't guarantee it, but I still think that they're going to win it. That I, I, I like the way I like the way they play coming off of adversity, and I think that there's some adversity from this game, even though that's a win. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to look at it and say we should not have blown a three nothing lead. And they're going to take the same tactic into tomorrow that they take coming off of a loss. Flyers now 11-0 coming off of a loss since January 5th. Okay? 11-0. And And I think that this is going to be viewed by the team. Even though it's a win, I think that they're going to approach it as they're coming off of a game that they didn't like the way they played. And they're going to get get back at it tomorrow. Well, and I think another thing that kind of lends to that is the way they came out in overtime, this was not a team that was deflated or felt like the world was against them in a negative way, right? They came back out with, with some real, some jam, a little bit of jam. Mm. All right. Uh, not at all. Nick over on Twitter says, guys, there's a huge problem with how quickly that decision was made. Yeah, I have. But that's why I, I wondered if it was the right video that was looked at or or yeah. maybe maybe what AV saying him taking the blame. Maybe he asked for the wrong one. Maybe the maybe the video coach um, was giving him the the entry, and he asked for the play to be looked at. That was the uh, the clear. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why he's taking responsibility for it. Um, who knows? I mean, I, like I said, I I still don't have enough detail on there. I think that there needs to be more detail on that. I'm just pulling something up for the uh, the next one because I think the the next person's comment is correct. I just want to make sure that. Uh... Uh, oh, this is going to be interesting. All right, you ready? Here we go. Go ahead. Next one. David Mako says, Myers seems to score a lot more than Provorov, at least since the bubble tournament began. So let's look at the numbers. So since the NHL resumed play on August 2nd, Ivan Provorov has one goal. It came in the final game against Montreal. And one, two, three assists, uh, two of which came against Montreal. And then Phil Myers, in addition to tonight, Phil Myers has no assists, but he does have two goals. The first one came against Boston in the round robin, and then the second one came in game I, Can four. I tell you how much I hate that they count the stats from those three games? I know. I, I'm not thrilled about it either. But <laughs> uh, he got a goal in uh, game four against Montreal as well. So technically you're right. He does have more goals, though if you're counting overall and you're including assists in that, it's Ivan Provorov. Flip side, though, is also I think you could probably put a lot of Travis Sanheim's success on that as well because Myers might not directly impact it in, in, you know, by way of an assist, but he is on the ice for that, and they've been rock solid together uh, you know, throughout the season and the postseason. To keep this in perspective as well, Sanheim has a goal and three assists so far this postseason as well. All right, go ahead. No, I think those three, I think the three defensemen, those three defensemen, have played really well. Yeah, uh, throughout the playoffs. I mean, I think that those guys, and you know, there's a, there's a reason that they are looked at and they're viewed at as your core three moving forward. You know, yeah. I, I think Niskanen has been better um, in the last few games, last three or four games. I think he's been better um, than he was at the start. Uh, and then the bottom pair is the bottom pair, but. You know, these guys are going to be a lot of times the make or break. And, and a lot of times they're going to be unheralded. A lot of times yep. we're not even going to talk about them. Uh, and they're doing a lot of great things out there defensively. And we're not even talking about them. So, um, yeah, no, I, I I really like what they do. I like what they bring. 
Um, and and uh, hopefully they'll be a big part of this going forward. This is also worth pointing out, you know, like I know a lot of times people get upset about the concept of like what a veteran leader is. And usually that's just code for their garbage. Right. But there might be OK in the locker room. I know that people had an issue with Justin Braun. I know that there, you know, people looked at it and he was almost a four million dollar cap hit this year. He's a free agent at the end of the season. They looked at the Niskanen deal. A lot of people liked Gudis and there were questions about what Niskanen was really going to bring. He's almost a six million dollar cap hit. Yeah, those two guys up like that could be an impact player. OK, fine. The leadership that those two have brought, and I, I think it's very clear in the case of Niskanen that his his calm and steady play has had a massive impact on Ivan Provorov returning to form as a top defenseman in the league, uh, and, and at least you know the the top defenseman on this team. You know, Justin Braun might not be having an exceptional season; he might not be peak Justin Braun, but I think if nothing else, having those guys working with Provorov, Sanheim, and Myers is going to end up working out really, really well for this team in the future. Because you think about what a uh, a risky scenario it would be to just roll with kids and to not have any vets. You know, you've guys like, like Braun and Niskanen that have kind of been there, that have advanced far, and Niskanen's won a Stanley Cup. Sometimes the intangibles and, and learning things uh, about just how to be a professional player um, they, they can end up being the thing that, that these young players are going to use as they continue through their career. And they'll probably look back on this season specifically and say, you know what, having those guys in really helped stabilize. Here's why, here's how we changed game prep. Here's how we went about approaching, you know, certain things, certain aspects of the game. This is, you know, valuable things are the same way that you kind of think of what Brian Elliott can lend to Carter Hart. That kind of still exists within positional groups. Um, just so you know, just for fun going forward, Sanheim has another year before he hits restricted free agency. Remember, he signed that bridge. So he's he's got a $3.25 million cap hit. Provorov, $6.75 million all the way through the end of the 2024-25 uh, season. Phil Myers, restricted free agent to be, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't think... I, I think that he's, you know... He'll get like a two-year deal, two to three-year deal. That's kind of you know probably in that ish range, maybe two, two and a half, two, three. I think million. it'll be two two seven five to three yeah. two five. I think yeah. he'll be around Sanheim. Yeah, but think about like that's not bad, right? And the other thing is Robert Haig is also going to be an RFA. Yeah, it's he not. Was, he was one point one five this year. Like probably gets need, a slight bump. Yeah, I mean, and listen, you. Whether you like Robert Haig or not, you think he's a high ceiling player or not, which I don't think a lot of people do. But the the team wins when he's in the lineup. I don't yeah. know what I don't know what to tell the people who who think that he's you know some garbage player. You do need reliable players to be on your third pair, and you could certainly do a whole lot worse than Robert Haig as a as a third pair guy. And that means that whether you like Niskanen or Braun, or you think they have you know much of a future here with Braun beyond this year or Niskanen beyond next year. You, plugging plugging in guys to those roles after a while, at least you have four. You have potentially have four of your six that are all relatively young. Provorov's 23, Myers is 23, Sanheim's 24, Haig's the oldest of 25. Imagine if you can spend the next three or four years having those guys locked up to reasonable cap hits and you only have to plug in two more defensemen. Not bad. Right. And people like Zamula. So like maybe at some point, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, let's keep going. Sorry. We like went down a rabbit hole. That's mostly my fault. Anthony over on Facebook says, uh, maybe oh. AV didn't know it's the start of the blue what, line, what? not not clear the line. McNabb-esque didn't know you could tie. Uh, well, why don't you pronounce Anthony's last name? Lemania. No, it's Lemania. What do you mean Lemania? Lemania. Like Lemania? Lemania. Did he send that to you? Did he like send a clarification? No, I'm just telling you. It's Lemania. Be, what? You know him? No, I don't know him. I don't know him. From Why Adam. would it be Lamania? M E N doesn't make Ain. I can't with you. Okay, we'll find out. Anthony, send us a send us a clarification. Okay. All right. Do you have thoughts on this, or you just want uh, to? I mean, it's possible. I mean, I, I think AV is probably smarter than that. To be honest with you, I'd like to think so. There are three head coaches on the bench. You would think yeah. at least one of them would know. Yeah. Ryan Orson says uh, Varlamov didn't look that great game one either. In my opinion, got to keep peppering him and tighten up on D. I'll tell you what, they liked the uh, notice where Kevin Hayes' goals were shot uh, high to the short side there. Yep. Um, it's probably a spot that's a weakness for for Varlamov. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something the Flyers continue to exploit. Trevor Harris says, Anna Russ, do you notice that AV goes to prevent a lot when he's up three or more goals in a game? Um, I don't know if it's prevent, but I it's not a prevent. Um, they are still trying to generate offense, but at the same time, they're not being risky. Um, it's and, the John Stevens principle. Well, I mean, their whole system is based off of defense first, then offense, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. that's his whole system. So, I mean, I you know, it, it, it's easy to sit there and say that that's what they do, and it's a little bit of that, but they don't go they don't go full into a defensive shell. I mean, they still generated shots in the third period. Like I said, I mean, Myers almost ended the game. You know, before the Islanders tied it, he hits the JVR feeds him and he hits the post in the third period. That's a defenseman jumping up into a rush in the third period. That's not somebody sitting back. Yep. So um, anyway, I, I, I think that I, I understand why Trevor's saying that. But at the same time, I, I don't necessarily think it's completely that way with with that lead. David Mako says Myers scored an NHL 95 goal on that shot. <laughs> I like it. Love I dig it. it. Eric Woodland says, biggest question, does Elliot play tomorrow? That's a great question. Yes. A, For a, the love of God, play Brian Elliott. It's a great question. And I've been saying that I think Brian Elliott's going to get a game in this series. My initial thought was game three. That was my initial thought because it was the, the first back-to-back, and then they got to play again Saturday at noon. So in a lot of ways, you're coming off of a Thursday night game and have to play Saturday at noon is very much like another back-to-back. You're really only getting an extra few hours of sleep, right? So to me, I think that you could do it one of the next two games now. Now that you've evened the series, I think you could do one of the next two games. I would probably go with Elliott tomorrow only because Hart struggled in the back-to-back game against Montreal and has never really been a back-to-back goalie. Like He has never really shown it to, shown to play well on the back-to-backs uh, in the regular season. Um, so I would go with Elliot tomorrow, but I could understand if AV goes heart tomorrow, Elliot Saturday. I could see that working as well, but I would go Elliot tomorrow. Okay. I was looking to see if I can pull. I don't think I can. I was really excited to pull the stats on that. I can't. Okay. Um, I think the Elliot thing, you have to question one thing. Would you rather you play Brian Elliott in game three, potentially lose, potentially win but still have four games to make it up or play Carter Hart, have him not perform well, fall behind, 
and then potentially have to play Brian Elliott again somewhere down the line, even like game four, for example. And, and then and then you're like, now you've got even fewer games to, I mean, to win. It. I mean, that's oh. one way to look at it for sure. I mean, I, I know where you're going with that, Russ. And by that rationale, it makes more sense to play Elliott in game three. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you could also sit there and say Hart was really good tonight. Uh, maybe the second just, goal you could take away and say. I, I just really worry about physically. I know like 22-year-olds should bounce back well. I just, you know, you have to think if the goal here is to win the Stanley Cup and is to go far in this postseason, I don't know if I risk running him into the ground. I hear you. Because, you. I mean, I, I'm a Brian Elliott believer. Like I think that he can he can win you a few games or or keep you in and, and you can win with him in net. The concept of like every game has to be Carter Hart is insanity to me. But we'll see. They're not traveling. That is a big part of this. Fine. But yeah, it's back to back. I would start I would start Elliott tomorrow. All right. Uh Sean Anka says uh, I'll stepped it up big time in periods two and three. Jonathan Brodo says on Facebook, offside review is a distraction. More important to take the dub and move on. Need to keep up pace with the, the Islanders. They'll make you pay. FYI, I'm political gritty on Twitter. That's you. <laughs> awesome. Political gritty. He's Brodo. Great. All right. All right. We'll keep that in mind. Ryan Orson says, call me crazy, but the deeper this goes, I see Farabee maybe coming out of the lineup. I thought Farabee had a chance to come out tonight, and um, he went with Lawton instead. Um, but I do think that if Lawton, if he decides to bring Lawton back in, I don't think he's taking JVR out. I think Farabee would be the guy that would come out. Yep. And by the way, I'm going to hate saying this. You were, you were, you were, sorry. <clears throat> Go ahead. You were, come on, come on, Ross, you could do it. You were right. Mm. JVR did not look totally outclassed tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks. It's all right. It's, you know, every once in a while, it's, it's, it's okay, it's, it's, it's okay yeah. to give the guy who's been around a while some credit. Mm, you know, yeah. broken clock, all that. Okay. <laughs> uh, not at all. Nick says, Anna's on point with the first style's goal. Sean Anka says, uh, don't sleep on Barry. Trots. Lee Carrasso says, Boucher and Jonesy were cheerleading for the Islanders in the second half of the you game. I don't understand if they're cheerleading, but I will say this. This is definitely something I noticed. Because they both have an affiliation go. with the Flyers. Yep. Especially Keith Jones. Yep. I think it's really hard to to try and then be objective in a game that they're calling about the Flyers team. Yep. So you go out of your way to try to say good things about the other team because you're so used to speaking about the Flyers, you need to say something about the other team, right? So you, I think that that's that's really what it is. To me, I think that I, I don't want to knock them. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but there's a reason. It's it's not like and why and doing it, it's kind of instinctual. And why does it matter now? This, that's why. Yeah, because social media is in a lot of ways for people in that industry is make or break. And if you start to get the reputation, and you know, Bush has obviously worked his way up to a position where, you know, you think of of making it onto the top announced team. Remember going into the season, the rumor had been that Pierre Maguire was going to be dropped. Bush has definitely done a lot to get himself up to at least consideration. And sometimes is the alternate on the top officiate or the, the top announced team. And then you think about what Jonesy does in the studio. They're both at a, a really critical point of their career, but they don't have, you know, 30 years or 25 years of equity built up 
in the announcing game or in the TV in the TV game, like a certain um, alliterative tool bag who was no longer with NBC Sports for the rest of the postseason. Trying to think of who that was, ah, it doesn't matter. Uh, th- I think that you know there is some concern that you're going to come off as a homer. So you're right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bill Gordon says, "Win is a win." LOL. Mm-hmm. Justin Scariato says it did seem like some of the penalties the Flyers took were ticky tack. The slash on Coot stands out as that a pretty was, bad call. Yeah, I thought that. That I mean, look, they're going to call it. It is a slash that in today's game, that's a slash. Um, I hate it. I think it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, he basically just got the blade of his stick on the on the shaft of the other guy's stick, and it immediately becomes. Oh, penalty. Raise the arm up. I don't like that. It makes the game. It wussifies the sport. But hey, what are you going to do? Chris Mack says Flyers won a game, but our young D needs to get uh, a lot better versus the four check. And Flyers need heavier bottom six to answer opponents. Well, I'll tell you one thing that the Flyers did that was really kind of interesting is they did two. Well, they did two things. They did one. They had more def- more of their forwards coming back for the breakout to kind of give the, the defensemen the options. And I think that they had them in the first period there. You could see the breakout be different in the first period. And then they also had a situation where, and they talked about it on the, on the, uh, in the game that where they were doing the flip play where they would flip the puck um, out of the, uh, out of the zone, put pressure on the defenseman to find it and find who's coming to, to get it and then get down there um, and, and maybe create a play uh, off of that. So um, they did try and find a couple of, of ways around the, the Islanders for check. It seemed to work in the first period. They kind of got away from that maybe a little bit in the second and third. Maybe they go back to that again tomorrow. All right. Um, Colin Silv says one positive to, uh, to this, I think, is that it carries momentum in the next game. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got it. You, there's, they're definitely you know, going to be momentum. But I, I'll point this out, guys. Don't, don't forget this. You have Tampa and Columbus went five overtimes, right? Mm-hmm. And Tampa won that game. And it was a, a, a heartbreaker for, for Columbus to lose that game, especially with the way that Corpusalo played in goal uh, and how, how, you know, how great they were defensively. And then all of a sudden, the next game, you think, okay, well, Columbus, the, the momentum, Tampa has the momentum. Columbus is going to be broken after that. Columbus won the one game too, right? I mean, so Columbus came out and won the next game. So as much as excitement and momentum that the Flyers feel like they have right now, just be careful. Just be careful because you don't want to get caught thinking that that's going to carry a little bit. All right, let's go to the next one. We've got, uh, you hate to see when somebody doesn't know how to pronounce their own name. You really do. Anthony oh. says his, his last oh. name is Lamania. And what did I say it was? You said it was Lamania because you probably saw the the comment. You fraud. Okay. Bill Gordon. New York wasn't called for a penalty in the last game. Hmm. Uh, Mark McCloskey says, replying to uh, to Lee before, I mean, the Islanders were controlling play and looking good. How can you blame them? Uh, Kevin Danko said the play at the end was offside. Okay. Um, Sean Anka says, Milbury is the old man yelling at clouds. Joseph Horakoski says uh, they shouldn't have challenged the offside. They should have challenged the high stick by the Islander on the same offensive possession a few seconds before the goal along the boards to Hart's right. Yeah, you can't challenge high sticking. Justin comes back and asks about Carter Hart, which we we touched on, and Trevor also had the same question. We keep going. If they have no legs, does Avi uh, stick to running a trap all through the first uh, the first tomorrow? 
I, I think that they'll be fine legs wise. The game didn't run long. The overtime was pretty quick, right? It was a pretty fast overtime. Um, he rolls four lines. They've played back to backs before, so they're kind of used to it. Plus, it's a day game into a night game. It's day into night, so you get a couple extra hours. I worry more about Saturday. I think Saturday is the one where you're playing three and four, and that third one is you, you don't get those extra six or seven hours that you would normally get before a game. That's the one where I think you got to worry about it. I still think he's going to roll those four lines tomorrow. He's going to have to in preparation for Saturday afternoon. Joseph Horakovsky, does this give the Flyers energy or do the Flyers come out flat? I think they should go with Elliott tomorrow and motivate the Flyers. to. I think it's supposed to be to be smarter on defense and on their D-zone exit. Yeah, I I, I think it's going to be Elliott tomorrow. I mean, I've been saying that for a while now. Uh, I think once I saw the way the schedule came out, I can't imagine them going back-to-back with Hart four games in five days. I just can't see it. It would be surprising and also a little bit crazy. All right, we keep going. Provorov's out of position led to led to two goals. Worst game yet? Ask Christopher Howe. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I, I don't think he was out of position on the one. Um, I mean, he's the, the, he's expecting the clear to come up the you know the you know Sandheim's wrapping it around, and he was coming off of a play behind the net where he was. In, in, entangled with an islander and the puck just kicks right to Pajot and he tries to get his stick on stick in the lane there to try and deflect the shot and he doesn't quite get there I don't I don't think you can blame Provorov for that at all no VJF asks on Twitter how do they adjust for tomorrow I think we kind of touched on that Halloween guy 36 asks what the explanation was given to to AV we're waiting for the quote to come out because we we for we decided to forego the uh the press conference. So when that quote comes out, we will have it for you. I haven't seen it. I mean, to be honest with you, I haven't seen anything. I haven't really seen stuff that's come out on Twitter. I've been monitoring Twitter. Obviously, we haven't gotten the uh, the quotes in our email yet. So, but not you know nothing, nothing that really. I would think that if there was something that was really explaining it, mm-hmm. that somebody would have put something out by now. Yep. Uh, let's keep going. Looking, 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 seeing more. Uh, oh, here, here's an okay one. So Rick over on Twitter asks, are the Flyers in Varlamov's head? I don't know about that. Maybe a little bit, but I'll tell you what. I have a feeling Tomas Grice is going to start game three for the Islanders tomorrow. Whoa! Whoa! Hold on a second. What? He shut him down until the end there, right? I mean, so f- for two periods, they couldn't, the Flyers couldn't score on him. And then he got a, it was a fluky goal that kind of went in. I mean, everyone wants to say bomb by Phil Myers. It deflected off of Anders Lee's stick and bounced off the ice. It's that's tough for any goalie to make to stop that shot, right? What so if the I, Flyers I were playing possum. What's that? What if, what if the Flyers were playing possum? What if they just acted like they didn't know how to score against Christ, and the whole time they're just like, "Man, he's leaving that open every time I dip my shoulder." Oh, that's going to be available tomorrow night. Oh, that's going to be, you know, maybe uh, they're playing six level, six dimensional chess, right? Uh, Thomas Dixon says, "I feel more confident with Hagen Braun over Ghost." So do I. So it is AV apparently. Well, okay. listen, this one. Megan asks, uh, or set, yeah, asks, power play still not good. How can they fix their power play? Go Flyers from Canada. Thanks for checking hey, Megan. in. Thanks for checking in from Canada. Um, I, I, you know, the power play. I thought the first power play they had a couple of opportunities, um, but beyond that, yeah, they there's still a lot to a lot of passing the puck around the outside. And I think that they're too quick on their decisions. They need to slow it down. I, 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 in all honesty, I think that's what it's become. They tried flipping Giroux and Vorchek on opposite sides of each other tonight. That didn't really 
come to fruition and come to work, you know, to be a successful uh, decision. Um, but I just think that they're, they're, they're passing the puck too quickly. I think that they have other options if they play it a little slower. Uh, next one we've got is a shout out to you for wearing the big headphones. It's the real reason the flyers won. Thanks, Sean. Uh, let's see. Heart inducing. end of, uh, at the end of the third says Sean D Anthony D'Angelo says, please tell me this is the last afternoon game. Got up or got tied up at work. Only caught the overtime. Did G look any better today? Anthony, I think what we've learned here is you just need to tune in and the flyers will win. That's, <laughs> that's the real takeaway. Um, I, well, so no Saturday they play at noon. So that's an afternoon game. That one's fine though. Noon. Noon is a noon game. Three o'clock is an afternoon game. Noon is fine. Move on, Russ. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Jams over on Twitter says, uh, missed most of the game driving home. Was the lack of offense in the latter periods due to the Flyers being more defensive, uh, Grice, Flyers being poor, or Islanders playing better D? Third line still needs a shakeup. That second goal can't happen. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't necessarily think that they were particularly lacking in offense. I think that the Islanders made a push. They made a really good push, and the Flyers, rather than you know, they they were like, you know what, we're going to play a defensive style here against that, you know, and we'll take advantage of an opportunity if it presents itself. They had a few of those, um, but they really didn't want to get caught. They didn't want to get anybody caught down low. And I'll tell you, I mean, perfect example is the second Islanders goal. Um, it, the Flyers, the one time that they jumped up, they jumped up in a rush. They had a three-on-two one way. They don't score, and then all of a sudden, the Islanders come back with a three-on-two the other way and score, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so I mean, that was that was a result of the Flyers having a chance at the op- other end of the ice. T says, very interested to see how both teams come out tomorrow, especially the Isles after coming back and losing. Ryan Orson says, uh, for their age, love that Sanheim and Myers pairing. I think, honestly... In the grand scheme of things, macro concept, macro picture, that might be the biggest, um, the biggest development on this team this year. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, let me throw something else at you though. Go ahead. That. That's great. I mean, it is a big, good, good development, and it's awesome. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not convinced that they're going to stay together very long. You son of a biscuit-eating bulldog! What? Well, I mean, let's think about this. Matt Niskanen's got another year left on his contract, right? Oh, you're and talking then, about after this. You, you don't mean this postseason. No, 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 no. So oh, Matt, oh, oh, okay. I, whatever. No, well, well, it's not a whatever. I mean, the point is, is that once once Niskanen is done, then yeah. somebody else has to pair with Provorov. Unless mm-hmm. you're bringing in another defenseman, which they could, and then leave these guys together, that's possible. Oh, that was it. Well, no, I think I, I ultimately think Travis Sanheim's going to be on the second on the top pair with with uh, Provy long term. There's a good possibility. Yeah, I was looking for something really quick while you I, see. I thought you were going to like riff for a second, and I was going to be able to look up the thing I wanted to look you know, up. Because, and... You know, it's it, I got you know I, we got to wrap this up soon here, Russ. I, yeah. Do we? Yeah, do we things, though? Things to do here. What do you have to do? I got to okay. write a story. <laughs> You're gonna oh, I'm gonna eat dinner. Yeah. Okay, sure. I'm already yelling at my family for all talking in the background while we're trying to do this. You should tell them that my kids are quiet. I think my wife just took them up to bed. Yeah. Bless her. Bless them. Dylan Cook says, uh, any predictions for lineup changes tomorrow? We we talked about the goalie, but I I can't imagine JVR comes out. Can't imagine that Haig comes out. 
You thought yeah. maybe Farabee and Lawton is a switch? That, that's a possibility. I think that there's a possibility of Lawton for, for Farabee. Um, let's see. Thomas Dixon says, since they count the round robin, the Flyers can get knocked out of the playoffs with a winning record. Yes, they can. They, they could. They could. But you could also get, you can, you know, honestly, you can get knocked out of the playoffs with a winning record, even without the round robin. You could win a seven game series. You could right? win three seven game series, right. four, four, to, four to nothing. Four to nothing. Yeah. And then lose, you know, four to four to three in the final and yeah. go. You're right. 13 and four or 15 and four. I did. I did the math bad. Yeah. Eric Woodland says, are the Black Aces skating even when the team doesn't? Would like to see Lindblom progress or uh, progress and potentially enter the playoffs if they make a deep run. So they have a scheduled practice time um, and the guys who are not playing will skate no matter what uh, during that scheduled practice time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's a question that I knew was going to come up. I don't know how. We'll see. Joseph Horakovsky asks. Do you think the NHL will be forced to pause due to social justice issues since the MLB and NBA are doing it? I, I don't think they will. Um, the NBA did it for today, and it wasn't the league. The players forced that. Let's mm -hmm. let's be let's be one hundred percent clear about this. The players forced that. The league didn't know it was coming. The owners didn't know it was coming. Nobody knew it was coming. It was a nope. players' thing. Okay, and it's not a boy. They're not boycotting. They are on. They, they that's a strike. Okay, we use the term boycott. Yeah, they, they this is a strike that, that they pulled out here um and baseball it's not everybody doing it it's just the milwaukee brewers uh, and that makes sense because of where the unrest is right now in wisconsin is it was there another game that i missed one chris johnston a half hour ago tweeted in the wake of the jacob blake shooting the nhl will hold yeah, a moment of uh, a moment of reflection before tonight's tampa boston game in toronto and tonight's colorado dallas game in edmonton and then um did you see the thing that uh, Stephen Wino put out deputy commissioner Bill Daly says NHL postponing games and protests of Jacob Blake shooting is not currently being contemplated. Obviously we will see if the players feel differently and will respond appropriately as necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but they're not going to, they're not after all that they went through after the, the time and energy and that the, everybody put in to getting these two places together, these two bubbles going and to get these, this season ramped back up again. They're not going to take time off for this. They're just not. I'm sorry, and I don't want that to sound insensitive, but it's it's they're just not going to. It, it, it it's it's not. I could and and yeah. you know the only way that I think it's going to happen, it's not going to be the players who are going to force it, like you said with the NBA. I think it's going to be if it if it were to happen, it's going to be because the league takes a real hit, and it's got to be a massive one too. Like it, it would have to be. Uh, smear campaign has a negative connotation, but it, it would have to be the juxtaposition of the NHL being a league that is predominantly white and the NBA being a league that is predominantly black and even major league baseball. I mean, it's mostly, mostly white, a lot of Latino, uh, but not, not a, a sport that has um, many African-American players percentage wise. Right. The the only way that I think it could happen is if the league's partners or advertising partners say you're doing the wrong thing mm -hmm. because money rules the day. The NHL players, the NHL PA, very unlikely to look to to postpone or boycott games. Uh, it'll it'll all come down to sponsors. That is truly, I think, the the answer to this one. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. Patrick Laird says, uh, 
I do know him, and Anthony is right. Sorry, Russell. That was about the uh, the name Anthony, a while ago. Anthony Lemania. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, Josh Norton says, "Do we think maybe the vets are demotivated at the time because of bubble life, because of family and kids at home?" I do. I don't. I I think uh, of all the people. I said going into this one, I I said I think of all the people to to have a rough time. Sean Couturier would be the one that I I would say if there's one guy on the team who I think is justified in being off because of everything that's going on because of how how things went down with the birth of a child and then immediately having to leave again I don't mean to sound insensitive about this Russ but unless he was to tell us that I can't ride that train I okay. can't I, I can sit here and say is it possible certainly it's certainly possible, but it's certainly possible that there's something else going on in somebody's life that's, you know, that's causing them grief that, that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. So it, unless we know, unless we have that information, to me, it's hard to say it's it's a it's an excuse or it's a reason or it's anything. Yeah. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. To be clear, I'm not saying it is the reason I'm saying if it were. It would explain a lot. Well, OK, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I have no problem with that. Um, all right. Chris Mac double O says, where's Konechny, uh, where's Konechny's mouth and feistiness? You don't see any emotion from him. You oh, know what? I, I think there is. I think it's out there. I think he had another good game today. I think the thing is that Konechny's not a guy who is used to not finding himself scoring goals for an extended period of time. And that a lot of that confidence comes from being able to back it up with play. He doesn't strike me as a guy who will go through like say a 10 or 12 game goalless drought and look to now. Who am I kidding? Who am I kidding? I can't even, I can't even make anything up. Thanks. David fish. Is that a Wayne fish's brother? Cousin (laughs) says first goal by Hayes had a, uh, had a lot of short side. Good point. Anthony. Yep. Uh, Chris Mac double O says that Brian Elliott has already been named the starting goalie for tomorrow according yeah he said i mean he's not the only one that said somebody else put out the Carcitti said that as well I, I didn't see that on twitter so i couldn't say that for certain but um i'm looking to see because, and I, I went on the sam's twitter it's not there because I, I just you know there there's a there's a certain amount of uh credence that you put into some people and some that you don't i wouldn't be surprised if Somebody created a fake Elaine Vigneault Twitter account, put up that Brian Elliott will start tomorrow, and good old Sam saw it and believed it, tweeted it out. Yeah. Okay. A lot more questions. I think a lot of them are kind of repetitive. Uh, Do you want to take any more, or do you want to call it? What do you want to do? Let's call it. Okay, we'll call call it. it. I got stuff to do, like I said. Okay. Well, golly. Okay. You're you're not the one to sit here and write write the story now? Come on. That's true. You're right, dog. You're right. You're right. Um, wow. Chris Mac double O just said that uh, Chris Paul and LeBron James on ESPN just said the season is yeah, over. But, but Woj put out a thing that says there's no nothing to that just yet. Let me ask you this. If that were to happen, if the NBA were to stop. Not just boycott games today, tomorrow, this week, if they legitimately shut it down, players left the bubble. The NBA season is over. Is that good or bad for the NHL? I don't think it affects the NHL. I think it does. I don't. How do you how do you think it doesn't affect the NHL? I think the NHL continues. 
No, no, no. Oh, okay. That's what you mean. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I meant, does it work out for the for the league in that now all of a sudden you start to see people's attention shift? Yeah, people people will need to want to watch sports, man. Yeah, they're going to watch the NHL. Yep. Okay. I yep. think that's uh, it's about time to go. And Eric Woodland, by the way, soccer. Ask what my thoughts on a messy demand city are. If it happens, it'll be interesting. At least Messi proved that maybe he's not as much of a coward as I think he is for you know rotting in Spain all this time. You know, Ronaldo left and. He's won the Scudetto in, uh, in Serie A. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking out the Press Row Show. Don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow night, we'll be back with pregame, first intermission, second intermission, and uh, and postgame. If you listen to this exclusively over on the Snow the Goalie feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, make sure you check back in tomorrow. We'll, uh, we'll put the show up after the fact as well. Hopefully we're able to see the Flyers pull off back-to-back wins, take control of the series. But until then, follow us on Twitter at AntSanPhilly, at JoyOnBroad, at SnowTheGoalie, and follow us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash SnowTheGoalie, also Instagram, at SnowTheGoalie. So for Anthony, I'm Russ. Thanks for checking out.